podcast you are in the dome i'm michael i'm matt all right so we're gonna do a little bit of a deep dive into the draft this weekend um this past weekend oh i thought it was a pretty good draft all in all i don't know i'm not a draft expert by any means yeah, it seems like they did okay. I really... I don't know. It kind of cracks me up though. Like I'm reading scouting reports after the fact, and it's like one guy's like, it's just I don't know if people talk out their ass or what the deal is, but it's just like one guy's like, oh, Peltier skates per- unbelievable speed, and then the next scouting report is really oh, he doesn't have exceptional speed, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, you never really know what's in that, like what he actually is like, but like his his recap. Well, we were watching good. the highlights. It looked. He looked like he looks like a pretty good player, and I mean, a lot of the guys I'd like to um, read um, had him ranked pretty well and said he's a pretty good player. So I don't know. We'll get into it. Um, kind of, we'll go player by player here. But first, we're just going to get to some quick news. This kind of happened over the over the weekend on the Flames front. So it's Tuesday today. So today they qualified eight um, RFAs: uh, Sam Bennett, Spencer Fu, Ryan Lomberg, Mangiapani, Quine, Riddick. Makchuk and uh, Valiev. Um, and they didn't qualify uh, Josh Healy, Kurt Lazar, Mason McDonald. Remember when we picked him 34th overall yep. that year? Great, great pick. Jesus. Um, Brent Pollock, Kirby Reichel. I'm kind of a little surprised they didn't qualify Reichel. But uh, so um, <clears throat> no surprises on the guys they did qualify. Um, I guess Fu just signed in Russia, but I guess they're qualifying him just to retain his rights because you never know. Yeah, well, he's only going there so he can play in the Olympics. So, it's... Oh, that's true. Well, I don't know if that's the only reason like, well, he's been playing in the A for a while. Well, he did play a few games last year, and he looked good, and I thought they were not, gonna... the, not in the NHL. Yeah. When? At the very beginning of the season, he had like three games. Well, in preseason. There's no waves on the roster in the regular season. I don't know. I thought he looked okay anyways, but... Anyways, um, yeah, apparently, so the... The other word is, which I'm kind of confused about, is uh, Tree Living says despite the, the fact that they didn't qualify Lazar, they're going to continue to make they're going to make him a contract offer. Which I I don't know, I don't know if he's trying to like save face because he traded a second round pick for this guy, or if they still believe he can be a player. I don't know. It seems like a lot of effort for a pretty marginal player to me. Well, you haven't seen anything that's actually impressive about him, really. Yeah, I don't he, know. Like he's he played so many games up with like Glenn Goltz and. And it was just like... Did he? I don't even remember. That's a blast. I, I didn't watch... I watched like... I stopped watching in December it was the, that year. It was those dark days where we didn't watch the last 40 games. Anyways, um, yeah, they're going to make him an offer, but if they qualified him, I guess he has arbitration rights or whatever. So um, I don't know what he would get in arbitration. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just seems kind of like a lot of effort put into a marginal player, but whatever. Um, who cares? We got, we got bigger fish to fry. Okay, um... So a couple rumors that kind of popped out this week, Flames-wise, it was kind of like on the Talbot-Smith front. So some people had reported that um, Talbot had like met with Philly, but he was also um, rumored to kind of be maybe like the the money was to bet him coming back to Alberta, whether that was Calgary or Edmonton. And I mean, I've been an advocate for this. Like I liked him. I've always liked Talbot. You know, I've wanted him for a while. Yeah, you've been saying that. He like it seems like he'd be a a good goalie for me all you need is like a replacement level goalie um like and i think talbot provides so much value like and i'm not i'm not just i think why i'm so obsessed with talbot is because i would love it to be like a because he's from the oilers and he comes back and plays excellent but i mean i think he does have a lot of value for what you're gonna what are you gonna sign him for like even if you sign him for a year at like 
two and a two million, two and a half million, you're gonna get incredible value. Well, I don't even know if you'd have to even pay him that much, honestly. But yeah, I'm not sure what it would be, but I mean, that's the kind of guy the Flames should be looking for. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a really good option. I don't think Smith is coming back. And then, so the other rumor was that Smith had been talking about Carolina. <laughs> oh my God. And I love the Hurricanes. I don't know why they'd be tr- trying to go after Smith. But the other other thing the report said was that the Smith hadn't completely closed the door on um, coming back to Calgary, which I don't really like. Yeah, no. Like all year, we've been saying that he's been... The Flames have won despite of In spite Smith. of him. In spite of Smith. In smite. In smite. And I mean, in like, I know it sounds kind of counterintuitive or uh, contradictory for me to say, like, oh, Goldhain's replaceable and then, like, rag on Smith so much. But, I mean, he <laughs> he's the kind of goalie who's who loses you games, right? Um, he's a sub-900 save percentage goalie in the league over, like, a calendar year. It's well, unacceptable. He's, he's the only other starting goalie other than Jones from San Jose that yeah. has been so, sub 900 and on a team that he played more than we'll like, have what, to check 30 that games. I remember we checked that a long time ago. I don't know if that's true anymore, but well, at one, at um, one, one point, point this it, spring, it, he at was one like point that. it was true. So, I mean, when I say goaltending is replaceable, you, you still want to get somebody who's replaceable at league average. Smith is below league average. He's not a good goalie and he's 37 and he's going to, cause he's, he's going to want more money. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gonna want four million dollars. Well, guaranteed. Ri- it's ridiculous for guaranteed a goalie he'll that's want $4 million. like sub nine hundred. He's lost you games all year long. Plus, I can't. Game just plus, I just me. can't stand the way he plays the puck. That's just okay. Whatever. Um, so yeah, Carolina, go for him. And I mean, I'd love to sign Mrazek, but he's gonna be too expensive. Um, so they got to. I'd say they get a tandem guy like Talbot. I really like Talbot. Yeah, somebody cheap that you can yeah. kind of rely on to win. Dude, I even like McIlhenny. I don't know if anybody's going to sign him. I don't know. Yeah. I like there's Tal- there's I like a couple Talbot. options anyways, but Talbot, I agree he's good. Well, I like Talbot. He'd be pretty pretty good value, I think. And anyways, plus, if we'll you see. win a cup and he's on your roster, If he comes he and plays excellent, in. exactly, and the Oilers, well, they will suck, but yeah, you can if throw he's it good, it's, face, even, though, it's even more. It's just icing on top of the cake. Um, anyway, so, geez, man. They still got Kachuk's contract is still not done. Um, so I know Steinberg did an interview with Tree Living today on on the fan, and obviously he said um, they won't be big game hunting in free agency, which is like maybe they should have they should not done that, that last year, year, eh? Holy cow! I mean that's what we were saying last year because I mean everyone's like, oh James Neal. It's like I didn't like that from the get go. Like even if he even if Neal had been a good player this year. Well, if you would have just looked ahead a year, seeing right? all like the RFAs that are coming up do this it, next year, right? and like all the possible, like you have so many free agents this year that you could have been giving money to. Like that, that's what kind of cracks me up. Like everybody, everybody's saying about like the Mitch Marsh situation right now is like, oh, he can't demand that much money. You can't put the Leafs in that situation. It's like these GMs put themselves in these situations and then complain about like not having cap space. It's like, well, if you you didn't think Kachuk was gonna be up next year and we're not gonna have to sign two goalies it's like it just like, i i don't know it's just kind of a i don't know lack of foresight i guess which is yeah. kind of stupid in a cap system but i mean yeah he's got some work to do man they got they got uh just right now they have 13 million dollars in cap space just under 13 million dollars they got to sign kachuk well they got to sign all these rfas they just qualified kachuk bennett um and manjiapani and riddick are the primary ones um 
Yeah, Kachuk, so, and, Kachuk and Riddick are definitely your first two, I would say. Bennett, oh, I'd, Jesus. Yeah, I'd love, I would love to have Bennett. And I don't know if they're going to end up doing a bridge deal or what, but they're going to have to find well, cap space. Well, Kapanen and Johansson just got like three by a little over $3 million each, so I can't imagine Bennett is like... Yeah, not, he's not going to be more than that. He'll probably be like, he'll probably be three by three, like something like that. Yeah, something small but manageable. But they're they're still going to have to. But find regardless, cap space. they still got like, like they, okay. Let's say let's say um, Kachuk. Let's be conservative and say they sign him to something like seven point five, um, which would be good money for him. Like, so it could be a lot higher than that. And what a Mickey Mouse league, hey! Like what yeah. a joke that the cap wasn't yeah. set. Like what a. Oh, this league before is before so. the draft and then it ends up being a half million <laughs> yeah less and now everyone's like before. oh shit hey it's ridiculous um, anyway I so let's Batman. let's say we have like 13 million dollars the exact number is a little lower but then you sign kachuk let's say seven and a half that's five and a half million dollars to sign bennett and riddick and mangiapani and all your other rfas well you got to think that riddick's going to be making around four four and a half four Three and a half, something like for that. Three years, four years. Yeah, something like that. So I mean, you do not have a lot of room. Then, so um, yeah, you're gonna have to, like, I don't know. I read they thought maybe buying out Stone would be an option. Yeah, it'd save you about two point eight million a year. So here, here are the options as I see them. Like you said, buy out Stone. That's gonna be because he's got a year left. It'll be like a million and whatever for two more years. Yeah, <laughs> just like we're still paying Brower on a buyout. Um, so, I mean, that's what's so stupid. It's like you just get out of these, these GMs get themselves into these problems and then like, it's just so stupid. Oh, we don't have any room to sign anybody. We got to buy out Troy Brower. And then they immediately sign James Neal to a five-year deal. It's like, I don't get that. Anyway, so I would, you, you can buy out Stone. There's three things that, um, I can see happening and that are probably the easiest route. Um, buy out Stone, that'll save you probably like $2 million, something like that. Um, Move for a leak, which I think they're probably gonna do. I'm a, I'm kind of discouraged. I'm not well, not, dis- not discouraged, but a little like concerned because you saw these other teams. You saw Nashville and uh, Toronto dump dump their uh, dump some salary this weekend, and they had to pay up pay up price to do it. So mm-hmm. I mean, if the Flames are gonna be able to move Neil, oh, Jesus, I do not want to be moving Neil with assets, but like holy I don't cow. even see how you can move Neil, but like there there has been interest in for leak at least like you can kind of But then how do you do it without trade. taking salary back? That's going to be tough. You'd I don't know, you'd have to give up one of your defensemen. Well, yes, yeah, so that's the third option. So there's three things you can do to move out salary. I see three realistic things. Buying out zone, moving for leak and not taking salary back. And or, well, or um, moving one of your defensemen and not taking salary back. In one of those trades, you can't take salary back. You have to shed it somehow. So you're either not taking salary back for Froelich, or you're not taking salary back in a Brody or Hamannick deal. Or you're moving Froelich, Brody, and Hamannick and somehow getting rid of Neil. Yeah. But I I don't know. The Neil contract's just brutal. You can't, I don't see anybody being so dumb to try to take him in a trade unless Calgary like well I, I think somebody so might say salary. them in a in a 50 percent retained salary whether or not ownership would be down for that to pay James Neal like two and whatever million dollars for the next four years to not play for them I don't know um but yeah you gotta buy out stone move for leak and move one of one of Brody or Hamnick because like man well like what we were talking about like kind of last week we were thinking about here. maybe like trading 
for Leak or Brody for like Zucker. Like, what is Zucker bringing in? That's going to be Let, yeah, that's on what I'm top saying. Of your cap, so it doesn't actually save you in your room if you send for Leak. No, I know that's that what I'm way, saying. And you get Zucker back, you're still like in serious trouble because for Leak so still makes four points. It'll be interesting to see. Tree Living's going to have to do some do some things. I mean, it just really see. This is what burns me out. Is just like that's why you don't sign guys like James Neal. And I, I kind of hope he's finally learned his lesson on this because, like I've said, it's like those three terrible signings: Mason Raymond, um, Troy Brower, and James Neal. It's like, Kate, like you can't, you can't do that. Well, and like I always thought, the best thing that he ever did was trade that first round pick for Dougie. Yeah, no. And then that's a separate discussion. But yeah. I mean, like you can't tie up money in these guys who are. Uh, north of 30 and it always seems like a good idea at the time it just it seems like it was such a curious move for tree living too i don't know maybe we'll revisit it one day if he's when he's fired at the end of the year because they suck or something i don't think that'll happen but um it does rely on if they don't trade james neal and he ends up being a 20 goal scorer like no he's not going to be but he's absolutely not going to be like no chance well he's so slow like it i don't he doesn't even look like an nhler like, I was listening, I think they were saying this on Puck Super. Are you listening to it? Lambert was like, there's just that one summer you just, nope, done. You you fall off a cliff and you're not coming back. And I think that's what happened to James Neal after playing in, like, three Stanley Cup finals. And then, like, no, he's done. Hopefully they can figure out a way to move out that contract, but it's not looking, not looking great. But you never know. Like, I mean, there's some pretty dumb GMs out there. Jim Benning is just traded a first-round pick that could be a lottery pick um, for JT Miller. So, you never know. Yeah, you never know what you can kind of dump off on people. But we'll, anyways, we'll uh, see, I guess. So yeah, we'll see this week what happens. Um, yeah, man, we're gonna do a podcast tomorrow on uh, all the RFAs and who we would offsheet. Because if I was a team right now in the Pacific Division, I'd be offsheeting Kachuk. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, <laughs> and like. Aho, they're predicting that his contract is around six million. Well, they didn't predict like, that. Some there was a report from John Shannon, who's like I don't know, he's kind of a dope, but um, yeah, I would say he was saying they were they were lowballing Aho. Like I would, or that, we'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll do like a whole like who would we offer sheet? Yeah, I have to offer sheet Aho. <laughs> Anyways, um, so quick trade recap from the draft. Um, so the. Devils got Subban for nothing, and the Leafs had to pay a first-round pick to get rid of Patrick Marlowe's contract. Um, so let's talk about the Subban one first, because that was, like, the biggest one. So um, I love this for the Devils. They've ascent, they, here, they've gotten, they've added Taylor Hall and P.K. Subban to their team. And they've given and up... And Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes, and they've given up a grand total of Adam Larson, two second-round picks, and two, like, replacement-level prospects. Yeah, a it's un- plus unreal. rebuild, and I I realize Subban's like he's not much of a play driver. He he puts up a shit ton of points. Well, he was hurt. He was hurt last year too. And I mean, he's so. thirty. He's got a he's got he makes him nine million against the cap. But I mean, yeah, but- this is why managing your assets is so important because when there's an opportunity, when somebody says, "Hey, we've got a good defenseman who we can give you for essentially nothing because we're dying over here in, in terms of our cap." And then you're able you, to actually you're jump able to do it because you have cap space and you have a, you have some assets kicking around. So I mean, I love it for the Devils. Um, again, like I think obviously Subban's not he's he's a little 
I don't even know if he's overrated. He's perfectly rated. He makes too much money, probably. Yeah, but, but, he's but saying, at the same time, it's, there's only two years left on his contract. No, it's three. Is it three? Yeah, it's three. Okay. And well, even, like even still, it's not like when they but, traded him for Weber, when Weber had yeah, 10 exactly. years left on his deal for $9 million. So it's just like, I really like oh, it for shit. the Devils. You give up nothing and you add an immediate... Um, and even, like, he's a star. Like, this, they get Hughes and Subban in the same weekend. A great job. Well, he's such a um, character, too. You can you can build a team, kind of, just I've, to make him the face of it type I of thing. I wish more players were like PK. Yeah. I love him with Hall. That'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I think that, I, I I don't think Shiro, well, I listened to an interview with him with Elliot today, and Elliot asked him, like, is part of the thinking of bringing Subban in to re-sign Hall? And um, he said, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not really, but you got to think he, that went through his mind, right? Like it's their buds that they, yeah, the world junior team. It's assigned to Hall that they're like, you know, going for it. So well, I, I love what the Devils. A little are doing. bit of commitment to yeah. to the team, right? So you kind of bring in that big, big defenseman so, that's well known. I really love what the Devils are doing for Nashville. On the surface, it was like, okay, yeah, they they desperately needed to dump, get cap space. But the problem is, I think. Apparently, they're going to go and overpay for Duchesne now. So, like, if they have cap space, that's one thing. See, that's the problem with these GMs. It's like, they, they oh, I'm dying for cap space. I'll give you P.K. Subban, and you have to give you, I'll give well, you P.K. Subban for a bag of pucks. Bag yeah. of pucks. And then watch this. They're going to go completely nullify the cap space by overpaying Matt Duchesne. Guaranteed. They're going to sign him to eight years and well, pay him $10 million a year. What do you think Matt Duchesne's actually even worth? I don't know. I think he's an okay player. I think he, in a perfect world, he's a second-line centerman. But um, yeah, he, so he's gonna get overbid. Yeah, I wouldn't pay him more than six million dollars a year. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like you like it for the for the Preds, but then like depending on what they do with the cap space, it could be like <laughs> totally stupid. Well, you have to take in term too. Like if they give him, even if they give him less money for like eight years or something crazy, so he's gonna be like thirty six when it's done. It's like holy crap. Anyway, so then the Leafs dumped um They gave a great move by Carolina, I thought. They got a first, and Patrick Marlowe, who they're going to buy out. Um, <laughs> great. I thought yeah, the Kings a, had the best draft. That's an unreal deal for them. So, yeah, and I think people were kind of ragging on Dubas, but I mean, I didn't mind it. Like, what's he supposed to do? Well, you have to find room somehow. He shouldn't, like, uh, he he shouldn't have signed Marlowe. That's what no. he shouldn't have done. I know. And that's what I always kind of say. Like, I really like Dubas, and 99% of what he's done, I've found, like, really, uh, really great. But, I mean, like, if you don't if you don't want to get into cap trouble, don't sign old players to long, expensive deals. I don't get this. Well, like, you got to be focusing on, like, Marner, right? right? Like, like, you like, knew that's... you had Marner coming up. You knew you had Kapanen. You knew you had uh, uh, Matthews, obviously. And then if you're going to sign Tavares, like... You can't be screwing around with these guys like Neil and Marlowe and like somebody's gonna go pay Corey Perry probably guaranteed Edmonton. I hope. <laughs> I hope God. it would go to Corey Edmonton. Corey Perry three years like 12, be perfect on a line with Lucic. Fifteen million dollars. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I don't know. You got to pay your top players and you got to be actually focused on those. Like you can't be burning money like like yeah. the Flames back to Neil. Like you can't be burning money on guys that you can't aren't gonna be, be your like, top you can't six. Do it. Like, I don't, like, I don't know, man. I don't know who is in charge of their cap, who's their capologist on staff. But, I mean, when they said, hey, we're going to sign James Neal for five years, 5.75 million, somebody should have said, um, no, it's a really bad idea. And then there's a report. It's Thursday today. We took a 
day off. And there's a report today that apparently they're talking to Pat Maroon, which is complete nonsense because the last thing we need is another slow, big... I don't know how they're going to fit him in anyways. Well, yeah, you already have James Neal weighing you down. You may as well go get Lucic. And then, of course, the Hurricanes traded for Eric Halla, who I love, and I've been saying for weeks that the Flames should be trading for because he only makes like $2.5 million. He scored 30 goals two years ago. He plays center. He's great player. I love, I've been saying they should go after these Vegas guys because Vegas is in cap trouble, and they've got a bunch of guys just the Flames could, anyways. Yeah, super stoked on the Canes. Everything they've been doing this offseason. Well, they traded to Han to Chicago, which I didn't really like, but... What did they get back know. from on that one? I don't like remember. Like nothing. It was that Forsberg guy or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a salary dump, I guess, but anyways. Okay, so what we thought we'd do is just um, do some draft profiles on the players the Flames drafted um, this past weekend. Um, we're not draft experts by any means, so don't think we're like scouts and we have inside information or scouting reports. So what we're going to do, I've just pretty much compiled a bunch of different scouting reports and stats from different websites and whatnot and people I like. So a lot of this comes from uh, Corey Pronman from The Athletic, um, Emmanuel Perry from Corsica, Sean Tierney from Charting Hockey, and then a lot of the stats come from just elite prospects and prospect stats and the hockey writers and Prospectpedia. And another guy I just started following on Twitter named Colin Cudmore, who did some cool work. So that's where all this comes from. It's not my personal opinion. It's just kind of a consolidated uh, scouting report and stats. Yeah, so Jacob Pelche, what do you think? Well, okay. So overall, the draft, I thought they did quite well. Um, they had five picks, which that's the problem I have. They, I, think the, I think with the picks they had, they did a really good job um, for the most part. But when you look at like what Carolina did, well, they or, had so many, they had picks so many picks all through the draft. Those guys really understand both value and um, volume. They just, you know, they. I loved their picks for the most part, and I love that they see. That's how you trade down. They well, were not, trading down in like the second and third round to gain more and more picks. Well, even their first overall pick, like that Suzuki. Suzuki, I love. There's the flames that picked them, but they, yeah, so. That's the problem when you're trading, like, for Hamannick and you give up picks and stuff like that. Like, that's why I don't love giving up all these picks. I like having, you should, in today's draft, you need to have, you need to understand value and volume, so. And that's why they didn't have a second round pick this year, because they I mean, traded, when yeah. they traded for Hamannick, it was a first and two seconds, so. So, I don't know. It's a pretty good draft, but I wish they had more picks. Hopefully next year, they're loaded up with picks. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Pelche, I, to be honest, I'm not super familiar with the kid. Um, so 26th overall. So basically from all uh, um, all the scouts, I, it was kind of weird with him. The skating was a bit of a confusing one because some people were saying he's a really he's really speedy. And then other people were saying, well, it's his edges. His edges are good, but his speed, it's like, what are you talking? He's either, I don't know. Well, even some of his highlights that you look back yeah, on. Yeah, looks like, pretty he good. Looks, he looks fast in some spots. In other spots, it's more like he's just like finishing goals for people. So, so kind of like the, what what most people are saying is he's he's a good skater, but he's not ex, he's not explosive. He doesn't have like a really great stride. Um, but he's scored a shit ton in the yeah. past two years. Um, Once he gets up to speed, he's he can beat guys, but it takes him a while. Yeah, so he looks like he's got... Lots of smarts, um, a word I don't really like to use all the time, but compete. Compete level, oh, this kid, he's got hot. He's got lots of hot. they got a baby boomer over here. <laughs> but at least it's um, it's speed and, and 
uh, smarts and skill before the competitiveness came up. Um, yeah, just watching some of his highlights and what a lot of people are saying, he's a really great playmaker. And this is kind of something that was weird. I saw this, um, I think Pronman had in the athletic review, he was like, oh, he scores in the tough areas. I was like, hmm, that sounds kind of like BS to me. But then I went and looked. So if you go to this site called prospect-stats.com, they have they have like all kinds of advanced analytics for um, Quebec Major Junior and the WHL and some uh, mostly CHL. But they got like... Oh, shit ton of stats. So I was like, oh, let's see if we can find um, his high danger goals. Yeah, he was second in high danger area goals. So like the, right in the slot. Yeah. So right yeah, in, he does. Right he scores in he scores in the high danger areas, which is pretty awesome. Um, well, so he's in it, he's in the slot a lot, and that's where he scores. So yeah, I like that a lot. A lot of his highlights, he was like right in the those dirty areas yeah. where it's like it. Like that goal that Monahan scored this last year when he was on one knee, right in the slot, and he yeah, lots it. Of like slot goals shots. similar to that where they're like. So I like that. I like how he's getting goals. high danger chances and he's scoring. Um, he's scoring in the slot and scoring in close to the net. Um, so yeah, that's what a lot of the scouts were saying. He scores by going in the net, um, and and the. The analytics show that as well, so that's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, and then the comparable, and I kind of got into it with somebody on Instagram. I shouldn't have. He's probably like <laughs> ten years old, but I was like, because because they kept saying this on the TV. There's like, oh, the comparables Marchand, and that's what I heard a lot. And it's like in style of play, not in all the other shit. And it's like, yeah, I could kind of see it in his uh, <clears throat> in his highlights. Well, who I was actually reminded of when I was watching the highlights was when we were watching Sam Bennett's highlights when he was in junior kind of looks like he you know he's yeah very very similar to his junior days like where he looked really really like that first playoff year when sam like i think a little less physical but i don't know he kind of looked like you know going to the front of the net getting those close in goals setting up making a lot of plays so yeah and and if he was a little bit bigger he probably would have went earlier in the draft too than 26 that's my absolute favorite thing everyone's like oh he's not big enough what do you mean like what is that are we still at this point in hockey where people think size matters like at all? It's a, he's it doesn't matter. He scores a shit ton. So he had thirty nine goals, eighty nine points in sixty five games in uh, in the queue last year with Moncton. So that was eleventh overall in points. He was a he's like seventeen. He was a seventeen year old last year. Eleventh um, in points, eleventh in goals. Um, this was really awesome. He was twelfth in primary points. So it's not just like he's just picking up all these secondary assists. So, um, and he was 11th in even strength points per 60 minutes, which 4.13, which is pretty awesome, pretty high. Um, third in expected goals, which I, that that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's some these some of these analytics I'm pulling out, I've just kind of like looked at like what he was higher in. Um, so the reason I'm choosing these specific ones are just because they stood out to me. Yeah, third in expected goals, which tells me, yeah, he's going, he's getting a lot of high danger chances. And then, like I said before, second in high dan- danger goals, high danger area goals. 21. 21, 21 of his year. 39 goals were from that high danger area. It's like in the slot. If you don't know where that is, like just Google. It's, it's on. Slots. Yeah, it's on <laughs> Google <laughs> hockey slot. But the exact area is on, uh, there's like a little visual on prospect-stats.com. Um, that's a fucking great website. Anyways, so yeah, I really like this pick. I like it a lot. And then weirdly enough, so this guy I was talking about on Twitter, Colin Cudmore, um, I think that's how you say his name, I don't know. He did this thing where he consolidated the rankings of 60 different draft lists to see where players um, went based on the consensus. Um, 
or it was like it was an average is essentially aggregated out like where they would have placed based on a uh, average of 60 people's lists and um he was 26th when he went 26th yeah there it you was, go it was pretty weird um yeah it's, it's pretty cool i i like this kid in in our he pretty much becomes like our our top prospect instantly because it's so our prospect pool is so shallow um and i really like this pick because like Again, like you know, if you listen to the last episode, for the longest time, the Flames have been drafting based on not on skill and yeah, off of size and off of and heart, off of this dumb compete bullshit, heart which stuff. is so stupid. So it's great to see them, uh, you know, picking guys because of their skill and because of their uh, smarts and because of their speed. Yeah, because and they should and they should do that just based off of Johnny. Like you got to well, know not that. Not even like, just based off of Johnny. Like it's just. I don't even think anybody's doing this anymore. All I hear it is from fans and stuff and you know, people who don't really know what they're talking about saying, oh, we need to get bigger. That's the thing I keep seeing on, well, I saw, I shouldn't, I shouldn't even look at, I don't know what, I'm like 10 years old, I'm looking at Instagram comments, but everybody's like, oh my God, oh, that's not going to help us beat the avalanche in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, okay, McKinnon, oh, he's so tough, eh? He really, anyways, I, I won't get into fights with 12-year-olds on Instagram anymore, but. Anyways, I really like the pick. I'm looking forward to watching him. Um, he'll be back in junior next year. Um, but, yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching that kid. Um, and, yeah, his highlights, he looked really great. Looks like a great player. Okay, so, again, I wish we would have had a second-round pick because there was a lot of guys I really would have liked to have uh, picked up. But the, I was I was dying because, um, what's that guy's name, Kaliev? The Kings got him. Like thirty yeah. fourth overall. Oh my god! Yeah, he's ranked. He's ranked fifteenth overall. He scored over fifty goals. Oh, he's got a bad attitude. And he though. has a bad attitude. So you know. <laughs> well, that was drop the word. <laughs> it's like, oh, he uh, looked at me funny in the draft. We, he's not a team player. Anyway, so that to me, like you know, that's why you need. That's why you need a lot of picks. Um, like if you look at what the Hurricanes get, did, how many how many players they got. Um, you know, like, cause like how many, how many players are going to make the NHL from a draft on average? Like well, I, it, it, I'm going to do the arithmetic for next time, but it's, it's very few. It's like less than 10%, you know? So the more picks you have, the better chance you have at somebody coming through. Right. So that's why having a lot of picks is very important, especially in the second, third, fourth, fifth later rounds. Um, so yeah, hopefully the flames and then Bobby Brink too was another guy I really I thought Philly had a pretty good draft, actually. Um, they got Bobby Brink. Um, and then the Canucks, they got Hoglander at 40. There's a few guys who went in the second round who was just like, oh, damn, man, I wish we had a second-round pick. So, um, yeah, so anyways. And I actually really liked the pick, 88th overall. Um, Ilya Nikhailov. Nikhailov, how did you say it? I don't remember. Nikolev? Nikhailov. There's a Y in there. Um yeah, so he third round, 88th overall. He's a center. Um, he was Russia's number one center at the U18. Um, people are saying he's a good playmaker. He's um, really good at creating chances. Um, yeah, you you kind of hear that term hockey IQ, which just means being smart and knowing how to make yeah, plays. He knows how to play hockey. So, <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, again, I, I like this because it wasn't based on size. Um I can mean he's, he's got average size. Some people are like, oh, he's got a bit of an edge to his game. Um, but apparently he's a great penalty killer. 
not a great skater. Again, similar to Peltier, some of the reports are saying his skating's fine. He just kind of lacks that explosiveness, which yeah, I'd, kind, I'd like, kind of like some people to like clarify, clarify what, what they mean. specifically mean by explosiveness. Well, like, because they they say that, and then they also say that he can break through defenders. Yeah. So like, it, so yeah. Um, yeah, he, he does. His look, skating's fine. He looks um, amazing. And from one of the, from one of the, uh, some of the other people are saying he's he's pretty raw talented. He might need some like. Uh, Again, some work on his skating. Just a some little bit more development. Overall like, development, as he would with an 18-year-old kid. Um, but uh, pretty much the scouting report, he's a solid two-way center with good hockey sense and um, probably realistic that he could be a top-nine forward. Um, he's going to be in Russia next year for sure. I know there's the Flames haven't drafted a Russian in a long time. I should have checked before we did this, but it's been a really long time. Yeah. Um, well, maybe it's Saprikin. I don't know. Maybe it's been not that long. Holy it shit. feels like forever. I don't know. What was that? 20... That was like 99 or some what? shit. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. oh fuck yeah. Okay, well, that's... Yeah, that's that's a long fucking time. Anyways. Draft from there. Um, I saw one. I think it was on the Hockey Raiders. Somebody said his game is similar to Michael Backlund. Which... And then I watched some of his highlights and it totally reminded me of Backlund. He was, he was pretty strong defensively and has a little bit of offensive upside. So, like, I think that'd be sweet if he could... Obviously, I don't want to be, like, Jay Feaster here and be like, oh, he's going to be the next Joe Noon. Um, but, yeah, he seems like a pretty solid player. Seems like he could be, from all uh, from all the scouts reporting, saying that he, he's probably an NHLer um, at some point, which is great. So, we'll see. Yeah, that's what um, you kind of hope for for any of your picks. But, like, yeah, it, as far as it goes from him, the way he looks and the way he's been developed, it looks like he... Yeah, he looks like a player. He could fit in quite well. Um, yeah, and again, I really like how they're, they are going based on his skill and abilities. And, like, I've never understood that. It's like, what, what do you mean? So, like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, in this, I'm kind of... He, the problem... I think a problem... Oh, I don't know, some teams are going to have, I think some fans are getting into this too right now, is that they're learning the wrong lesson from the Blues winning the Cup. And the lesson they're taking is, oh, you need to be big and rough and tough to win the Cup. It's like... No, the lesson is your best players need to play well. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, because Tarasenko is huge, Riley's huge. It's like, they've had a good team for a long time. And they've done a really good job with a lot of their prospects. And it's like, yeah, some guys like Pareko are fucking huge, but... They're not like a. They're not the L.A. Kings from five, six years ago. They're not the Ducks from 06. They're not this big lumbering bunch of slow players. It's like no. Well, we were even. That's saying not the last, lesson to take from this. This is off topic a little bit, but we were even saying last year that they're a bit of a dark horse at the beginning of the year because they did trade for O'Reilly. They got that upper skill, not really the size. Yeah, like Bozak and O'Reilly yeah, were their big pickups. Like they got and their big skill on their top six. So yeah, exactly. So like. Um, I want this thing on size to just go away because it like literally has like zero impact on the game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. When's the last time you watched the game and it was like, oh, if only that guy were bigger, like stronger maybe. Yeah, more tough, like, t- like tougher like, on the know. puck, but you don't need to be huge. Yeah, to like do I don't. It's just like, oh, he's really tall. It's like it makes no sense. He's tall and he's just he's 240 pounds. It makes no sense anymore. Um, yeah, anyways, we're, we're I'm gonna happy. stop. I'm gonna stop ranting about no, that now. That's okay. I brought it up. Yeah, but yeah. They, we like that pick. It's nice to see that they're actually going off a of skill rather than size. Yeah, so it's a breath of fresh air with their scouting. Um, so some of his stats in the MHL in Russia, he had um, 10 goals, 15 assists, in uh, 25 points in 41 games. I couldn't find like 
any um, underlying numbers or analytics <laughs> for the Russian leagues. And then um, at the at the um, U18s for Russia, he played eight games, two goals, six assists, eight points. So yeah, seems like a bit more of a playmaker. But yeah, I kind of like the back thing compar- comparable. Good defensively, um, kind of inconsistent offensively, but does have that upside. So I really like that. Um, and then on uh, the aforementioned uh, consolidated list that Colin Cudmore put together, um, he had this ranked as a steal because um, on 60 of the the average of the 60 lists, they had um, Nikhailov uh, ranked at 49th, and he went 88th, so that's a steal. Yeah, I like good it. on the flames. Good I draft. like it a lot. Okay, so fourth round. This is the one that I'm not sure about. Um, and this is why, God, I wish they just had a few more picks. Because this one kind of seems like, I don't I don't really know much about this kid. Um, so There's Lucas not really Feck, much on him. Hopefully he makes the league because everybody wants a jersey that almost looks like fuck. Like, he better wear 69. <laughs> 69. Like, oh my God. Anyways, he's out of the super elite league in Sweden. Um, fourth round, 116th overall. He's a centerman. Um, so the general scuttering report on this guy is that he's offensively skilled. He's got good speed, good hockey sense. So you're seeing a theme here, which I really like. Is that the drafting on skill and speed and hockey sense. Um, but kind of the main thing I got from this is that he's a great shooter. He's kind of a sniper. Um, got a really good shot in, um, and his, his release is really quick. So, um, yeah, the, some of the concerns I saw again, he's not like the fastest, but he does seem to be a pretty, got a pretty good shot, pretty good sniper. So, um, doesn't seem to be too, um, skilled defensively or have, have much on that front, but, um, yeah, the main, the kind of the scattering report is he's offensive minded, great shot. And a lot of his strengths are like kind of based on the power play and, um, yeah, his in offensive, the offensive ability. Zone. Yeah. And I mean, he looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. He's a point per game player in, in the super elite league. I don't That's in Sweden or not Sweden. Yeah, it is Sweden. Yeah. The, um, so yeah, 43 games played, 21 goals, 22 assists, uh, 14th in the league. So yeah, seems like, I don't know, taking a flyer on a guy who, again, I'd much rather have them take a flyer on a guy who's got more, who's got offensive upside than some big lumbering guy. Yeah, you'd, you'd hate to have a guy on your team who's like offensively minded and wants yeah. to score, you know? <laughs> who would, who would, <laughs> like, I, I know I don't want guys who have good shots and good offensive instincts. Um, so yeah, this one I don't really know much about other than that's pretty much the scouting report is that, you know, he's got some offensive upside. Um, one other kind of little, uh, thing I was looking at Emmanuel Perry's projections from Corsica, which is like a lot of advanced analytics. Um, so he uses, um, he's got a model that I don't really fully understand. Like I'm pretty new to analytics and stuff like that, but, uh, he project a 20, 25.91 probability that, uh, Feck, uh, makes the NHL in comparison, Nikolev. I'm not saying that right. Am I? Nikolev. There's a Y in there and I keep saying it wrong. Nikolev. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Nikolev. It's Nikolev. Nikolev. It's Niko. Leev. Leev. Nikolev. Just listen to it like 10 times before we started this. Like, all right, we're going to remember this. Oh, so stupid. Anyways, he, um, uh, Emmanuel Perry projected him at a 40.98 probability. And then, uh, yeah, Peltier was 50. 
I erased it, but it was like 52 or something. If you want to look at that, go to, uh, it's actually Sean Tierney. I, that's where I got it from. He just put it into a visual um, thing on charting hockey. So if you go to Sean Tierney, S-E-A-N-T-I-E-R-N-E-Y, um, his Twitter, he has a link to it. It's pretty cool. You can kind of just look at um, kind of a matrix of all these different pros- probabilities and who did well in the draft. So anyways, kind of cool. But uh, okay. Next so up, this one I actually really like is Josh Nodler, um, who, again, I don't know a lot about, but I had heard of him, and I heard he was, like, relatively uh, ranked ranked okay. So um, I really like this pick. He's out of the uh, USHL, um, fifth round, 150th overall. Um, you know, again, kind of kind of the same thing. Playmaker who is good on the power play and makes plays. I really like it. Um, so... Yeah, a lot of his strengths seem to be on the power play, um, playmaking. Um, again, this is something I saw, again, um, kind of the average speed and his stride and his skating could use a little, little bit of development. But again, those things you can develop. Yeah, you can actually work on that. Yes. You can't like work just on dra- As we've known from like so many like of those, fe- Matt Lombardi and well Paul Byron for a while there. Yeah, yeah he always <laughs> scores against the Flames. Yeah. But, you know. but those guys who are just fast, it's like... <laughs> okay, they can't score, they have no hockey sense, they can't make plays. It's like, but they're fast. They don't really do anything for you. So I'd much rather have them be drafting for guys who have um, have a lot of skill that's already been developed and a lot of uh, good instincts. And you can work on skating. You can get better, you can get stronger. Um, so, um, yeah, I, re- I really like this pick, Josh Nodler. Um, average speed, needs some work on his skating, but he makes plays, and apparently he's really good on the power play. Um, I didn't get to see much of his highlights yet. Um, but yeah, I like, he's a guy you draft for offensive upside. I like that. I like it a lot. Um, so here's some of his stats last year. He played 54 games. He had 17 goals, 25 assists, 42 points. Um, he was 56 out of like 500 plus players. So not bad. Um, he had 19 primary assists, which I like a lot. 19 of his 25 are primary assists. So he's a, he's making, he's setting people up. He's setting people up. And then he had 36 primary points, so I like that a lot as well. 36 of his 42 points, so almost all of his points are primary points. So, um, yeah, he's driving a lot of offense, and I like it a lot. Um, On that consolidated ranking list, he was uh, ranked 149th, and the Flames picked him 150th, so he's, like, right where he was projected to be. Yeah, right where you want him. Yep. Um, And then, just if you're curious... uh, Emmanuel Perry's projection has him as a 36.3 probability to make the NHL, which is higher than uh, Feck. Feck? Feck. Fuck. Feck. Fuck. Fuck Feck. Feck Fuck. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I like that pick. I like it a lot. That's probably like, yeah, I really like that. And, this, um, this and then this last one, one I absolutely love. Yeah, we're, I couldn't Wolf. even believe how unreal this pick was. And I looked at it after because I kind of stopped watching the draft at this point because it was, yeah. what, 214th overall? Yeah. But Dustin Wolf. So, yeah, seventh round, 214th overall. There's a really good story about it on The Athletic, too, because he was there. He was at, he was the, at draft. the draft. He was no there. No way. And he wasn't getting picked. Oh, and then they finally awesome. picked him. Way to um, go, Flames. <laughs> making dreams come true. Um, anyways, he was on, again, I'm going to stop referencing this list, but that, uh, consolidated list, he was this, uh, one of the biggest steals of the draft. Um, so yeah, at 214. So I really like this. So he's up, up he's undersized, I guess, 
which it's not, it's that's a bullshit. Thing I don't know. I'm gonna, six feet tall. I'd like to. I'm gonna look into some stats about this because, like, if you think about it, all the goalies in the NHL, like, it has been recent. Hey, they're all fucking huge. Like, yeah, like Bishop, six, Vasilevsky, six, like they're six, just four monsters. But if you're if you're six feet tall and you have a C percentage like, is he really of that undersized over the course of like is he 60 really games? that undersized? Like, come like, on. wouldn't you much rather have a guy who's undersized but is like excellent technically? Which apparently he is. He took over for Carter Hart in Everett. I'm just gonna quickly look about how tall Carter Hart is because I'm curious now. Um, Carter Hart height, but he was he was the goalie in the minors that he was ranked. I don't know. He got a, in the minors in junior. In junior, oh fuck. Yeah, so you mean Carter, Carter Hart's two inches taller than him, and it's like he always oh, no good because he's yeah, like he's, too he's small. just under six feet. Like, anyways, yeah, he had a nine thirty six save percentage as a under eighteen. Um, he's named runner up for goalie of the year. Um, he has the next highest save percentage ever among a goalie with a forty plus games at the same age, which actually weirdly <laughs> enough was Leland Irving in two thousand six, which is bad sign because he we drafted him and he fucking sucks. So, fingers crossed. I guess that's. I guess there's a reason you take goalies late. Um, but yeah, like everybody's saying, oh, everyone has hu- had huge reservations on him because they don't think he will translate to the NHL. I don't know if that's strictly because of his size or. Yeah, I think that's why they were whatever. Saying that, but... I'm. I'm not a goalie. I'm not super familiar with like. All I know is there's been like a relative revolution in the past few years, decade of like these fucking giant monster goalies. Um, well, they take up more room. It's easier to make saves, but like even Kiprasov wasn't that big, and he was. Well, yeah, the I don't know. Like in Flames history. I'm hoping somebody put some stats together on this on like the average, but I mean, I don't know to be this good of a goalie, and I don't know to go this late seems a little weird just because he's kind of short. Um, but yeah, some other scouting things is he's pretty poised, never gets rattled. He's got great rebound control, and um, obviously has great technique and great positioning. So. Um, Here's his stats. Stats were excellent. 61 games played, 7 shutouts, 1.69 goals against, 41 wins, and a 9.36 save percentage. Which is, which is unreal. If that, was, like, if that was in the NHL, it would be best in the league. Like it's... Yeah, so I looked up some other goalies who were like small. I mean, like see, this is what... Like, Antti Ranta is 6 feet. He's a great goalie. Uh, UC Saros... And Anton Hudo- Anton Hudobin's only 5'11". He just came off a 9'17 year. Great year with Dallas. Like, he was split it with Bishop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you I'm look- not super concerned about the size. Like, I mean, goalies for me, like, that's where you draft them anyways. Yeah, you, um, you take them a little bit later, later in the draft and hope that they work out. Like, Binnington was a late pick for... That's with you and Binnington. You upset. You love him. No, I do love him. Oh, Binnington. Oh, well, Binnington. He, he's been in their system for so long and they drafted him late. But it's like... yeah. Like that's why you want out of goalies. Like, like you awesome don't draft that. Tyler. I like Tyler Parsons, but you don't draft him in the second round. Right? No, like you draft these you goalies draft in later. Dustin in Wolf later rounds in the seventh round. You make his day, and hopefully he turns into an NHLer. Anyways, yeah. Like I mean, I thought the Flames did pretty well. Um, I mean, for for some people, so Corey Pronger on the Athletic Grit give them a C plus. Um, he thought Pelche went a bit high, um, but he liked all the other picks. I, I'd give it like a B just because I like their picks, but I wish they had more picks. That's yeah. all. If, that's the if only they would have had more more than five in the whole draft, it would be better. But like as far as it goes, 
they drafted skilled players with lots of offensive ability, lots of skill. And, uh, yeah, it's looking at it right now, it looks pretty good. But we'll we'll find out in the next year when they're playing another year to develop. To develop and... Well, yeah, see, this is like... Um, I was making a big fuss. I was I was listening to the last one. I'm like swearing and getting so mad, but it's like maddening because it's like you have to, especially in the cap system, you have to like. How do you build a team? Well, you, you have don't to build-, build a team through free agency signing guys who are 27 plus. You have to have those players that you've drafted, you've developed that are coming in on entry level deals who are giving you or until the until they change the CBA and the salary structure and all that shit. You have to have these young guys who come in, who can come into your lineup and immediately have an impact. That's what you have to do. So that's why the draft is so important. And then even again, I go back to the Carolina example, but it's like managing your assets. Like even if these draft picks, you're like, and that's the thing. Like you, I, people are always like, oh boy, you shouldn't draft a like. Like I hear this in Edmonton all the time. It's like, oh, I shouldn't draft a this because they need a this. It's like you don't draft based on organizational need because for a lot of these guys, they're not going to be playing for three, four, five years. Your organizational needs are going to be way different. So the draft is about acquiring assets. So you need to get these assets. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's not even about, oh, this guy's going to play for us. It's more about like, hey, maybe in four years, you have an NHL asset. Like we were saying in that when we were looking at um, – that year where they drafted, where they had the Monahan year, where they had three first round picks, and like Monahan's been great, but the other two guys never are not even in the league anymore. And then you look at the like two other guys they could have had if you had even two of those assets, you'd be way better off. Whether it's in trades, whether they're in your lineup, it's just you know the draft is so important, and that's why I think having a a lot of picks um, is well, really important. You, it just gives you a better percentage on. Oh yeah, exactly. Get, right? And it just in- increases, you know, it increases the chance they're either going to play in the NHL or their assets or just anything. So that's why I don't like, I don't just like trading draft picks. I don't like it. Well, and like you think sometimes you just could fluke out. Like Nikita Kucherov went like in the second round. So yeah. you're telling me if you have more picks, you might actually pick a guy where you don't realize how good he is, and it turns out to be one of the best players in the whole league. So. Yeah, so that's why I just don't like trading draft picks unless you're like literally like one player from a Stanley Cup away. Um, that's why what the Canucks did this, well, Jim Benning, who the hell knows what he's ever going to do. But I mean, seriously, they should not be trading a, a possible lottery pick for JT Miller. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I, well, they I, should I, go I like for it. it. I, I love it. And I mean, I think Miller's a good player, but... Um, he's not worth that. Like, it's not worth giving that up. And Right? Like... Yeah, I think Tampa Bay really stole that one. Like, I can't believe Vancouver. Yeah, and I don't one. understand. It's like they're one of the best teams in the league, and they're just like, hey, I'll, we'll help you out there. Hey, uh, I don't really get it. Um, so, yeah, I thought I thought it was like a B, B-plus draft for the Flames. Um, I liked the players they took. Um, again, we could look back on this in five years and be like, what the hell are they doing? Or, um, But, yeah, I liked it. I just wish they had more volume of picks. Um, yeah, so like, but when you look at what like a team like Carolina did, so, um, Dmitry Filipovic tweeted this, he's like, the Hurricanes just flipped 37 for 44 and 83 and 59 for 73 and 99. So that, and then their picks were great with those. Yeah. So volume and value. 
So that's kind of what I, that's the one thing kind of bummed me out that the Flames didn't have a lot of, you know. And I heard Tree Living say that they had tried to kind of like acquire some more picks, but it was a tough. Yeah, it's hard to make trades when you have, when you're trying to get rid of the players that the Flames are trying to get rid of. So, yeah, overall, pretty good draft. I would say I really like the Pelje pick. Well, I liked it. Yeah, I, I think there was a few like other guys Pelche. that I would be like, oh yeah, I've been fine with that. Well, but I like him. He seems like he's a pretty good player. Um, I think, like again, I'm not a draft expert. I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, that guy looks good. Like I, I maybe would have liked Suzuki there instead. The Hurricanes took him at 28. Well, Suzuki or that Kyle, and then Kaliev, I maybe yeah. would have liked him as well. Um, and then Bobby Brink, I thought is a pretty good player as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I like it. Think that's a pretty good pick. That's like a B plus, B B pick. Yeah, I really like the Nikolaev pick. I fuck if I I get I'm figuring out how to say that as soon as we're done this. Um, we're definitely pronouncing it wrong. I really like that. I you know it's, if he can turn out to be kind of like a backland type player, I think that'd be pretty awesome. I give that like an A. It's yeah. a good pick. Yeah, I like that pick. Good pick where he picked him. The feck pick is probably like my least favorite, and mostly because it's like the least information I could find. Um, yeah, he's just one of those, one of those players like, you look up online. You like it's hard to find anything at all. Yeah, and so the he stuff you do, like, it seems okay, but like you can like player you know. take a flyer on. And again, I'm much happy happier with them taking flyers on skilled sniper players than big, big tough dopes. players with lots of heart, lots of character. Josh Nodler, I like. Room. I like Nodler a lot. I think I like Nodler better than Feck. Um, Feck, Fook. I don't fucking know. Fuck. And then the Dustin Wolf pick, I, I really like. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was a pretty good draft. Um, yeah, I would have liked to, again, would have liked to see him acquire more picks, but what do you yeah, gonna all, do? Yeah, all in all, it, it looks pretty good. The upside for all these picks are positive anyways on our yep. our end of it. And, yeah, we, we like that they're actually picking, picking for skill rather than... Yeah, that's the number one thing guys. that's coming away that I'm coming away from it. But then again, then maybe they're going to sign Pat Maroon. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> if you're like, what are they doing? Yeah, draft all these skilled Jesus. guys and sign Pat Maroon. Excellent. Anyways, yeah, I hopefully some shit happens between um, now and July one because we really need to dump some salary. Um, yeah, I don't know. There hasn't been really much information out about what's going on with Kachuk. Um, yeah, like the more I originally was was thinking, oh, maybe he's gonna get max, but I'm kind of thinking it sounds more like he's gonna kind of get like a five year five-year deal something like that um which yeah that's okay he'll probably get like yeah. eight million i could you know what now that we kind of see what's going on it's kind of weird i think most people this is weird eh where it's like you've got all these rfas you've got like aho and point and meyer and marner obviously and jeff skinner gets 10 million oh jesus yeah skinner got nine <laughs> we didn't talk about that but yeah holy fuck um so i could see him getting nine million i really could yeah it, it could be it, I, I would say him get nine by five like, it, if you're going to get him for those eight years, like, if you want a max term, you're going to end up having to pay a little bit more for him. So, yeah, man, I could I could see him getting nine, get, Kachuk getting nine. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see in the next few weeks. And I kind of think, think a lot of it is hinging on the Marner situation. Yeah. Well, I don't know, though. But like, if he holds out, if he continues to hold out, is nobody else going to sign? Well, he's your top priority, right? So it's kind of the first player you need to sign. But I don't know between Kachuk and Riddick, that's your two biggest things you need to figure out. And well, then and you Sam need Bennett to, too. Yeah, 
I don't know. I, it depends how long you want Bennett. I have I have a hard time with Bennett because yeah, I love I, the guy and he plays good in the playoffs. But I think they're man. gonna go. I think they're gonna try to go as cheap as possible with Bennett. Now knowing what we know that the cap's eighty one point five and everybody seems to be being like super cautious right now, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get like two years, two and a half per. Yeah, like another bridge type deal. Yeah, something so, similar to what he had, especially when last year. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping the Flames sign Talbot. I know again, I should stay off Instagram, but I was kind of getting. <laughs> Getting into it with people about Talbot, they're like, he's no better than Smith. It's like, he's much better he's than like Smith. Five years younger, he's had great numbers when he wasn't in in front of behind a shitty decor in Edmonton. Like I know he had a rough year last year and the year before he wasn't very good, but I know a place where Smith would fit in. Yeah, and it's north of here. To Edmonton, Mike Smith. Edmonton needs you. They're gonna win a cup with you, and that's gonna be the difference. Anyways, yeah. Okay, I thought the draft's good. Yeah, I think we're gonna do like a who would we offer sheet podcast if we have time, and then we'll do an obviously a July one thing. Honestly, I don't think Brody or I don't think any of the guys are getting traded until after July one because I think a lot of teams are gonna wait and see what happens pretty much. And then yeah. like Brody or Froelich's kind of like a consolation to who they can't get because who's gonna trade before July one? They're gonna yeah. go for the big guys. Yeah, they'll definitely be looking for those UFAs and. Like Panarin, Brabovsky, Duchesne. So we'll see where people dump their money and see if they're willing to give up anything for TJ Brody. Anyways, it'll be really interesting to see. So hopefully James Neal is shot into the moon and we never see him again. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah, if you like some of those uh, cool stats I was going on about, go to Sean Tierney's page, go to Emmanuel Perry's Twitter, go to, uh, what the fuck is that guy's name? Colin Cudmore. Yep. That was kind of a cool list. Just kind of, you can look at that stuff. It's kind of cool. But yeah, um, I'm all good with Flames getting more talented. So keep it up there, Tree Living. Yeah, it sounds good. Don't sign Patrick Maroon. Please don't sign Patrick God. Maroon. Oh my God.